Hello and welcome to World Child, the podcast about storytelling and world building. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. Thank you. Thank thank you for that. How are you doing, Cody? I'm very <laughs> tired. Yeah. So you're here's sick, the huh? thing. The beginning of the week, well, like end of last week. Our kids got sick, which then got us sick. And it's, I, I think it might, I don't really know what to call things sometimes. I didn't have COVID. I took a test. Um, so, flu. but yeah, I think I had the flu um, in, <laughs> that I think Tuesday night or Monday night. So Monday I went and bought weights, like lifting weights, which was maybe not a great thing to do while I was getting what, sick. What, uh, wait, what other w- weights would you have bought? Hold on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, Yeah, specific. weights like lifting weights. Like, what, how could I have misconstrued that for anything I don't else? know. Whatever. Anyways, keep I going. had to carry Sorry. a bunch of weights. So I parked my car in the driveway thinking I would go and get them. By the end of the night, I was like laying on the couch. <laughs> no! Just like, uh. So then I had to go outside and pull my car in. And just walking outside, I started shaking like dude you were in bad shape like this much that's for, a for lot the audience he's doing like a solid like inch back and forth <laughs> yeah it's a lot it's a lot to be shaking uncontrollably it's weird it's a weird feeling to shake yeah, that much you were, right buddy you were in bad shape <laughs> so then i go upstairs and i'm still like trembling and trying to get into bed and i'm trying to pour myself some day quill but i'm like you know like i can't get it in the cup because my hands don't work so take some day quill i and i haven't slept right since monday so it's thursday that's why i'm a little weird um because what happens is i lay down and then i feel like garbage after like two hours from laying down because i think that like all the liquid goes into my head and i can't breathe so then I wake up feeling like crap and I can't sleep. So then I just go downstairs and sit on the couch. And then like two hours later, I think my head drains back into my body. Ugh. I'm a doctor <laughs> and I yeah, can clearly. sleep for like an hour. And then I get woken up by my kid. So it's just been like that on repeat, getting a little bit better. But I have not gotten a good night of sleep since like Thursday. It's very fun. The um, sheer amount of times you've been sick dude for the last year because like I, th- kids there's are been, nasty there's been at least i think 10 different times this year alone that you've like been like hey man i'm doing real bad right now and it's like oh honey that's not good yeah i don't know man it's just the kids go to daycare and they're nasty and they just cough right in your soul you know right, they just right like really get in there your, just directly into your soul just right right in your everything so well and even if i don't get sick if my kid's sick, like really sick, I'm not sleeping. Yeah, because so, your kid's sick. <laughs> yeah, I still end up being like a zombie, you know. But I've been feeling better, so I'm not. I don't really feel like ill anymore, you know. I'm not like I had like one night of shaking, and then I felt mm. like yeah, you don't feel sweating. ill anymore. You're not doing kickflips or like going. Well, yeah, you know that thing where you're like, <laughs> well, and this was what's weird though. It's like I thought what it was when you're like sweating. And hot and cold, that's a fever, right? Yeah. So then I take my temperature and it's like 97.7. And I'm like, same, th- same thing happened to me, buddy. You, body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could when you I like was, do something about this? When I was sick like two weeks ago when we missed that episode, like my temperature or three weeks when we missed that episode, my temperature was 97 or 98. And I was like, just going back and forth between being way too hot or way too cold. I'm like, 
What, and I was clammy and feverish and like shaky. And I was like, what is even happening right now? I'm Why like, is this not like coming up as anything? I'm right, clearly like, sick. A hundred degree fever would be like the apocalypse for me, apparently. So okay. I'm glad <laughs> I have Oh, dude, I had a hundred and two once, man. That, that's not fun stuff. It's not fun. Yeah, I all. guess that's probably where I would start hallucinating. Because when I was <laughs> yeah. the same temperature I am normally, I walked outside and started doing this. I was gonna say that, yeah, that that's when you see God is at 102. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. I could barely get a bad. door open. I was shaking so much. I was like, uh. oh, dude, yeah, you you were you were in bad shape, buddy. That was bad. That was not a good time. Um, yeah, apparently not. Okay, Cody. But anyways, so how have you been? I've been I've been fine. We don't need to talk about how I've been doing on the show. Anyways, Cody, um, what have you been into recently? Okay, so. <laughs> I warned you that there was something I wanted to talk about, yeah. which is two movies that I kind of want you to watch, although one of them I liked more than yeah. the other. Let's, let's talk about the one that we talked about like right before we got on. I'm, I, I, yeah, I am. They relate to each other. So okay. the two things that we're talk that I want to talk about are the Northman and uh, the Green Knight. Interested in one of those more than the other one, but yeah. Why are you on. interested in the Green Knight more than the Northman? Um, talk 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 about the actually out. I'll, I'll, Talk about the Northmen first, and then we can... We can okay, so here's my impression of these two stories, and what I found compelling about one of them. Um, so, I am frustrated, I think, pretty frequently by historic fantasy. Um, I think that they're... The nice the niceing up of feudal europe has basically just disappeared anything of interest about medieval europe mm -hmm. to the point where you kind of can sit there and go like yeah seems like being a peasant or a noble would be awesome what's bad about this and you kind of like lose history of like why there were many revolutions fought over this like why the enlightenment happened why the renaissance happened what that meant for society and civilization as a whole how that relates to, like, even now our economy and culture, like, these things relate back to it, you know? Because, like, we, we're downstream of Europe, right? Like, as a, yeah. basically as a country largely a result of European influence, right? Um, there's other stuff there because, and I mean, that's true for Europe too, like, cultures intermixed during, especially, like, during colonial time. Given the name, it was kind of about a lot of cultures clashing in a variety of ways, a lot of them bad. Um, but even, like, the colonial era was a result of, like, medieval Europe and, like, one made room for the other. It's a fascinating thing. But I think largely we just kind of, like, look back on it with really, like, loving and bright eyes and no reality. And to me, this is what the Green Knight is. Um... So, a a thing that you can say about medieval Europe is that it was very Christian. And what yes. I mean by that was that, like... It was very... You don't even have to explain. It was very Christian. <laughs> well, Christianity like, was a political social power in a way yes. that it kind of isn't now in our country. At least it's like... Well, it's, try, it's trying to be. Like, with, within the founding documents of our country, right? Separation of church and state. It's like, well, the church was the state back then. And I think a lot of what people think of as, like, things that a state does were explicitly the responsibility of the church. Like, a lot of that was the church. Like, nobility were 
warriors, the church like ran stuff, you know, and they were next to each other. What that means, though, is that when you hear medieval stories, a lot of times the ethics don't seem that far off, or at least a version of them doesn't seem that far off, because it's like ethics that get repeated or slightly like bumped around and then retold to you right so in do you kind of generally know the story of the green knight yeah 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 and that's so that's part of why i'm more interested in the green knight than the northman is because i know the like tale of the green knight I was you know the tale in. of the northman too and i'll tell you that in oh a second. really but oh, okay, yeah well. yeah definitely 100 percent. so the story of the green knight generally is um a green knight comes to king arthur's court and delivers a challenge that like if anyone can land even a blow against me even a nick um like as in like just like a little scrape or whatever um you know you'll like get my axe and i think something about riches and then a year later you have to come and find me at this chapel fall on your knees and i'll deliver the same strike to you right same strike and then yeah he so then this like knight gwayne um accepts the challenge and like i don't know if this is true for the myth but in the movie, it's clear that he, like, thought this was going to be a duel, right? So they thought they were going to fight. Yeah. And this guy just basically drops his axe and goes, okay, like, do whatever you want. And just stands there and takes it, right? That's when you just so he, poke him just a little bit in the shoulder. Right. But he's young. He's fiery. He wants to prove himself. And he cuts his head off, right? Yeah. Thinking so, that, oh, well, he's going to be dead. I'll get all of your stuff anyways. <laughs> right. So then <laughs> the guy picks right his back head up. back up, puts it on his shoulder, or, like, rides off and goes okay in a year you have to come back and i'm gonna cut your head off yeah, that's year, what you bro. To, yeah i i i that's what i love about that story it's like, okay see you. Like, oh crap right so then it like skips to a year later and Gwen has to go on this weird thing where he like has to grow up right he has to learn to be brave essentially right like he one has to ride seven days alone and face his fate which you know is likely death that um, you know, he's earned death because of his actions. Um, and then he has like temptations of like, there's ways you could cheat this. There's ways you could get out of this. And at the end, you know, chooses to like accept his fate. Yeah. And then the movie leaves it vague. I believe Gwen is not beheaded in mm. the story. I think that the guy like touches his neck with an ax or something. It's but, but yeah. he, the it, point is like the he, act of like kneeling down and being okay. I do a he kneels and for accepts my, that, for my own like arrogance and yeah. And then he's like okay, well yeah. It's something that like if you were brought up with a lot of Christian morality, it's very familiar. It rings very true, and it's like it's, it's it a is in some type thing, yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a it's a parable. It's a it's a story about a young man learning like to be slow to violence, and especially if you're a noble, if you're a warrior. Learning the value of being slow to violence, learning the value of not assuming that you should go to the most extreme thing first and be measured and metered and listen and choose, you know, choose peace first before you resort to violence and all that. So, you know, right. It's it's a very common story, right? Yeah. And also um, the lead actor in that is extremely hot. Like the Green Knight, he, he's an extremely attractive man. I disagree with you, but that's okay. <laughs> but anyways... Um, the Northman is basically 100% the opposite. It is, so, okay, so the reason you know the story of the Northman is it is the tale of Ameleth, which became Hamlet, which became Lion King. Oh, so, it's Hamlet. Okay. It's Hamlet. I didn't and, know that. Uh, if you actually read the original story, it really is very Hamlet. It's just kind of like 
cruder and more offensive Hamlet for reasons that I'll talk to you about off air. Um, There's things that happen in Hamlet that do not play well for today's times. We'll get into those. Okay, so The Northman. What I like about this movie is that watching it as a modern person, there is not a single character in this story that is a good person. They are all horrible. Like, he is the son of a king. He is a prince. You know what makes the king a king? He kills people good. And he's a prince because he kills people good. And that is it. That is the Mm -hmm. morality of the story. Like, they pretend absolutely zero, like, ethics beyond we're stronger. Mm -hmm. And that remains true through the whole story. Like, there is not a point where he, like, goes, like, this is unjust. It's like, no. For him, justice is ven- is is vengeance. So it's it's the story of Lion King, right? So yeah. imagine if instead of coming back and being like, I'm going to save everything and make this a better place, he's I'm like, I am coming back him. to kill Scar. I have yeah. spent my whole life getting to the point where I can kill Scar, and then I am going to come back and kill Scar. And that is my only motivation, is killing Scar. And it's like, so you can save the other lions? Like, no, they're already dead. And I don't even like the lions that are there now. I'm just here to kill Scar because that's my job. (laughs) Like, I told my dad that I would kill whoever killed him. And then someone killed him. Now I'm going to kill that guy. And that's the whole story. What makes him good is just that he is strong. It's just that he's strong and vicious and violent. And that's the ethic of the story. And it's nauseating. Um, like at this time, like part of what like Vikings did is in, is like slave trade. So like, that's what he, that's what his dad was. His dad was a slave King. He made his riches by enslaving people and selling them. And then Amalith, when he has to like flee because his uncle kills his dad to take over his slave empire. Um, and it's like his uncle doesn't kill his dad because his dad owned slaves, by the way. His uncle also owns slaves. They all do. That's what they all are doing for business, right? It's just that he wants to be king. Um, so Amleth then goes and joins a band of people who are capturing slaves. And they never, like, don't capture slaves anymore. Because oh, yeah, the that's... ethic is not one that is familiar. It is an extremely alien-feeling world with people who have motivations that to us do not seem good. And I really appreciate that in a movie where they can have a protagonist who is not necessarily a good person, who is not likable, and who does not learn a, like, high moral lesson. Like, I was watching a reviewer complain about the movie because in the end you see him going to Valhalla and they're like, he didn't learn his lesson. Why would he go to Valhalla? I'm like, what lesson do you think you learned to go to Valhalla? You die in battle. Yeah, (laughs) it's like in um, Mad Max. It's like, oh, yeah, you go to heaven for dying a glorious death. Yeah, yeah, like that's you're gonna ride point. forever shiny and chrome because you're a murder boy. Yeah, because, <laughs> like, yeah, that's what he you was. Killed the most people and other stuff that I can't say out loud. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I I appreciate a movie that's willing to go like we're gonna make this really ugly and grotesque, and it is not always you you want to root for the main character, right? But it isn't pleasant to watch him no. be horrible. And there's and it's just the, the morality of the world doesn't make sense. In a way that I find refreshing, because so often we are given like these really similar morals, yeah. these really similar platitudes to live by, which is fine. Like the Green Knight, I do not think is a bad retelling of a moral that I'm very used to hearing. Yeah. Be slow to anger, be measured, choose yes. peace over violence and take responsibility for your actions. Right. 
It's about growing up. It's a coming of age story for the Green Knight. This is the opposite. It's the ethic is die in battle, avenge your father, be stronger than everyone else. That's it. That's that's the ethic, you know? Like the the like religious ceremony that you see, the religious ceremonies that you see in it are like um they they pretend to be dogs and bears. You like for, I don't know. That's weird to me cuz I didn't grow up with that. You know, it is unfamiliar. So full, full disclosure for our audience. Before we got on, Cody mentioned that he watched this movie and I told him that I was on the fence about seeing like really there's part of me that really just doesn't care and um I'll say to not ruin our fun time, a lot of it has to do with race. Um is why I don't care about it and we can talk about that off air. Because I don't want to, I don't need to do that on this show. Um, that's not what the show is about. But I, I told Cody, he's like, hey, um, because you usually when you tell me about movies, you're like, oh yeah, this is a horrible, boring movie, but I really liked it. And like, you never sell these movies to me. Please sell this movie. Like, sell, like, make me want to watch this. And I'll say, Cody, you didn't sell me on this at all. <laughs> you you didn't even remotely get me. Um, it's a weird. Did you see the lighthouse or the Vivitch? No, I have not seen either, and I really do want to see the the lighthouse. I don't really care about the Vivitch. Well, if you watch the, the lighthouse guys, yeah. and you really like it, same director with a much larger budget. He's a really good director. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also mean, the it's lighthouse a, it's is just like two people, isn't it? Well, that's up for debate, but yes. Oh, interesting. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have no interest of in watching the the Northmen, the Green Knight more because again, story that I know very well, and also like I, I do like the interesting like morality telling that they do with that story because like when I had heard it all the way back in what like fifth grade, I like thought it was just a really interesting telling of a story, and I thought it was really cool, and also like kind of mysterious. But like yeah, I have no interest in. I really didn't care that much for Hamlet. I love the Lion King, but it's singing lions. So like it is. It is. And also, very as Alex Jones says, that it's um, about Mufasa ascending to godhood and um, his son, his son Simba being the Antichrist is actually what it's more about. But you know, whatever. <laughs> I will say, having like, if you go from the Lion King to the Northmen, it is like. <laughs> the, the akuna matana moment is very different when it's like what's your akuna matana moment like i'm murder a village kuna matata <laughs> i'd be happy wonderful he's <laughs> <These> poor man <laughs> he's, he's just like stabbing people just, as a teenager like means yeah. no worry <laughs> i did like, watch a oh, scene while different. you were talking and he does like not only like hack a dude and so the guy falls down he also then finishes the dude off by biting his throat out yeah, they're bears. Yeah. And I was like, Do you know why man. they're bears? Because they say they're bears, then they pretend to be bears. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So, so the reason I let you go on for so long is because I don't really have anything other than Chainsaw Man. I want to talk about that on a future episode, like in more. Yeah, later. we got to talk about the structure of that because I also do want to watch Chainsaw Man. Oh, yeah, we do need to talk about it. But yeah. Um, so, and then the only other thing, and it's not even a thing I've been doing, is um, New God of War came out and I haven't played it. I'm probably going to wait on it because I, I've, been hemorrhaging money um by doing all these activities and i don't need another video game because i have hundreds of games that i have not beat yet which is that's all exaggeration all of that's exaggeration 
But New God of War came out. It looks great. And I think that it's very interesting that they made a very mature story with both the 2018 God of War and this coming God of War out of a very hyper bro douche culture game about a guy who murders gods. They they made a very like mature story about like fatherhood and reconciling your past sins and all this stuff. And I was like, this is so interesting to me that you go from the base IP to where we're at today. And it's like, what? How did we get here? It is just very interesting. So I've been watching clips of God of War, War and I'll eventually play it in like three months. But I, I, I thought it was like a very interesting take on the whole. But um, yeah, no, no. I, I, I've been very interested in the God of War game. I haven't really been playing anything else other than Last of Us 2. And I'm just so done with that game now. So anyways. It's too long. They made it too long to beat you over the head with morals. To basically tell you in this hyper-violent game that you shouldn't be hyper-violent. And it's like, great, lovely, perfect. I don't want to play your game anymore. It's the reason I've never played any of those games. Yeah, it's like, it's like you're going to spend all this time telling me violence is bad as you have me gutting people? Are you kidding then why'd me? why'd they make it so fun? Yeah, well, yeah, why did you make, like, literally, like, that's what I did. It's, like, where I've current playthrough, I put resources all the way up. I turned my companion, like, their, like, aggressiveness all the way down, so it's just me doing all the actions, and then I left enemies on normal. And I just have an arsenal of all the bullets in the world because resources are all the way up, and I'm just running, just running trade on everybody and it's very fun it's like why would you make the gameplay of murdering people so fun if you're telling me not to murder people but anyways Cody, last week was 150 episode we're on 151 so we're back to normal no more birthday law um and also we did short stories last week but now we're continuing our previous stories so yeah finally after hmm an entire year I'm going to finish the, well, get to the point, the climax of my story. So, um, hey. <laughs> so, Are you doing that today? Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not, not finishing the story, me. but like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting to the climb, the like climax of the monster, the monster part of the story. There's still two chat, two long chapters after this. Whoops. I, I know how to, I know how to sell a story. Anyways, Cody, um, did you roll already? Cause I, I, I did roll and I'm probably going first. Oh, what'd you roll? 18. I rolled 15. Oh, they're going to say 19. I was going to scream. Nope. <laughs> okay, so I guess I'm going first. Um, cool. So, I mean, it was only, what, like three episodes ago, three or four episodes ago, but also months ago. My story, basically, they um, are prepping to fight the giant monster that they've been chasing for the last year I've been telling this. And... Um, we're going to get right into it. Last time we left off, they were sitting in the like pet cemetery, holding weapons, waiting for the monsters to come. Okay, this is um, No Name Wishes the Monsters, Chapter 20, Good Night, Part 2. We chatted back and forth as the night went on. The sun had completely set and the automatic lights we had set all throughout the grave site snapped on. Our battlefield became eerily creepy in comparison to the warm, sunny day we had before. As time ticked on, I began to fear that the creature was never going to come and we would have to set out for the night and find it. Right when I was giving up hope for our monster's arrival, I heard a slight twinkle from a bell in the distance. I quickly looked towards Nate as they quietly said, Get ready, and motioned to where the sound was coming from. The chorus of jingling bells was accompanied by the wet thuds of the creature's feet. Every jingle of the bells made me tense up more. 
I turned and peeked over the headstone I was resting behind. The ominous inky black forest stared back at me as I looked for our monster to exit the woods. Slowly, the creature emerged from the woods and into the clearing. Its fierce red eyes burned brightly like torches. Our creature had grown significantly, standing more than ten feet tall now. The lights we set in the graveyard illuminated its gross, dripping frame. The reanima wolf had grown muscular between the last time we had seen it, but I knew that it was only imitating what it thought an animal should look like. The bulge around its neck had puffed out and hung down like a sack. I could see the remains of buried animals of the buried animals pushing against its neck. It was like they were trying to escape, be free of the life that it had forced them to live again. Black goo dripped from around its sharp, jagged teeth and out of its gaping maw. I noticed it had something hanging from its mouth. A quick glance at Nate told me that they noticed this too. The creature looked around the, at the lights that had not been there before. It opened its jaw and the object it was holding fell to the ground with a sickening plop. There was enough light to tell what it was. It made my stomach twist into knots. Laying in front of the reanimal wolf was a body mingled and covered in blood. I recognized the bloody jean jacket and the unkempt sandy hair. Laying in front of us was Stan, the enforcer from Biotech. I could only guess that they sent him out to dispose of the wolf before the media got wind of their accidental creation. Stan never had a fighting chance. We failed our goal of stopping this thing before anyone else got hurt. It had killed a man who was only following orders. I heard Nate stand up quickly and cock their shotgun. I followed suit and burst to my feet, pointing my gun at the creature. It felt like I was expecting a BB gun to kill a dragon. This ends right now! Nate's anger tore through the quiet night sky. No more! I don't care if you think you're looking for your long-lost owners. This stops tonight! The creature let out an ear-piercing roar and charged Nate without hesitation, swinging its colossal paw. It swinged toward through the few grave markers between it and Nate. Luckily, Nate's reflexes were quick and they jumped out of the way to fire a shot. The bullet lodged into the reanimal wolf's right shoulder and with a loud pop, exploded with a bright white flash. A chunk was taken out of the wolf and the area around the wound began to turn to an ashen gray. I could see that the wound was trying to regenerate, but the kill substance was slowing the process. I moved away from the creature, steadied the gun in both hands despite my injury, then fired. My aim was far from perfect. The bullet whizzed over the creature's back and burst with white in the distance. From the sound of my gun, the creature turned to me and charged. I backpedaled as hard as I could, but the creature was much faster than me. Nate had my back, though, and launched a bullet into the creature's side. It burst with another loud pop, and the creature fell to the ground. It quickly popped up into a low crouch and looked back and forth between Nate and I. Even though it looked like a dog ready to run and catch a ball, I knew it was trying to decide who was the bigger threat. The wound on the creature's shoulder was looking worse. The black goo was starting to dry and crumble away from its body. The kill substance was working. I used the time it was crouched to reload my pistol. As the creature was deciding its next move, Nate sidestepped towards me, closing the gap between us. I don't know why I did it. Maybe my anxiety got the better of me, but I took the next shot. It hit one of its back legs. My aim was so bad I was only trying to hit the monster, not a specific part. I got lucky this time. The monster let out another roar as the bullet exploded, taking another chunk with it and leaving an ever-spreading patch of gray dying reanima. The monster turned quickly towards me, deeming me the bigger threat and charged. 
It was slower this time because of its wound, but it was still much faster than I was. I backpedaled again, trying to get away. I wanted to scream and turn and run, but I had to keep my composure. I ejected the empty cartridge and tried to get the shaking fingers of my broken arm to reload the gun. Luckily, Nate had my back again. I heard another shot ring out, and the monster's left paw exploded, leaving streaks of gray running up its leg. Its stump crashed into the ground at lost speed. It stood up and whipped around to Nate. Its paw was slowly regenerating, but it was not nearly as strong as it was before. As I loaded my gun again, I saw Nate close the gap between us. I guess they thought it would be easier if we were together. Despite everything telling me not to, I took another shot. Again, the bullet whizzed past the creature and exploded in the distance. At that moment, I knew I was screwed. The monster's focus was once again torn away from Nate and towards me. It didn't bother to hesitate and lunged towards me with great speed despite its heavy injuries. At that moment, I froze and barely heard Nate scream, RUN! I was filled with an overwhelming sense of dread. I knew I was done for. I knew that in seconds this would be over and I would be dead. I saw it turn its head and open its gaping jaw, readying to clamp down around me. I prepared for pain. I was prepared for death. I had failed Nate. I had failed Jane. I had failed No Name. Suddenly, I felt a large force slam into me as Nate's shoulder checked me out of the way. As I fell to the ground, I saw the creature's jaw clamp around Nate's torso. Their eyes grew wide like dinner plates, but their scream of pain was muffled as I was still in shock from what had happened. My butt slammed into the ground with a thud, and I watched as the creature tried to lift Nate up with its mouth. I was completely frozen. I couldn't even move a muscle. I couldn't stand. I couldn't fight to save my friend. I was completely useless. I didn't want to just sit there and watch my friend die, but I couldn't break out of the spell I was under. The world around me moved slowly while I watched Nate struggle against the creature. Their arms were free of the creature's jaw, and the shotgun was still strapped around them. They managed to pull the gun around them and flip it over their back. I could only watch as Nate wedged their gun between the creature's jaw and pulled the trigger. With a pop, the bullet went off inside its mouth, and a thick white cloud of and a thick white cloud hung in the air. The creature let out a roar and dropped Nate to the ground. They tried to roll over and grab the gun again, but the monster was quick and pounced on Nate, pinning their arms to the ground. I wanted to do anything to help, even though I still couldn't move. My body was completely frozen with fear. I gripped my gun and tried to call out to Nate, but no sound came. Nate struggled against the monster, even as it pressed its full body weight against him. The monster was crumbling in places. The damage we did to it was lasting. It wasn't quite enough yet. If only I could get up and fire one more shot. The monster threw its head back and made a sound like someone about to hawk a loogie. The sack in its neck began to recede. Then it leaned its head back towards Nate and, with a great force, began to vomit out the black sludge that, it was, that was inside of it. Nate screamed and struggled. The fluid snuffed out their screams, almost as if they were being waterboarded. Through the black sludge, I saw the animal remains from inside the creature splash to the ground. As the vomiting lessened, Nate finally broke their head out of the liquid and screamed at me. Kill it! Nate screamed. Kill it now! That's all I needed to move. It was like someone pressed the play button after a long pause. I rocketed to my feet and gripped the gun tightly in my good hand. Outside of when Nate shot the wolf in the mouth, we had only given it superficial wounds. I had to finish the job. 
I charged the creature and slammed my gun hand into its side as far as it would go. It was like putting my arm into a bowl of warm jello. When I was about elbow deep, I pulled the trigger. With a muffled bang and a pop, the creature's side burst, splattering black goo everywhere. I was covered by the splatter, and it quickly began to dry into dust as the reanimal wolf's side began to crumble. The creature fell over and off of Nate. I tried to reload the gun as quickly as possible, expecting another attack. That attack never came, as the fight had completely left our wolf. I noticed the bright red fire of its eyes had dimmed to a dull, glimmering orange. It struggled to get up, but finally made it back to its feet. The fight was over. There was no need to fire another shot. The monster turned and began to slowly limp into the woods. I let it go. I knew it was leaving to find a place to die. Nate gasped and began coughing up the black substance. I rushed to their side and slid to my knees. They were trying to sit up and out of the black liquid that surrounded them. I wrapped my arm around their back and lifted them out of the liquid as much as I could, letting them rest their head against my body. I'm sorry, I tried, I, I, I started saying desperately, but couldn't manage to get the words out. It's okay, Nate said weakly between coughs. I'm okay. You're not okay. That thing could have killed you, I said back. I was trying my hardest not to panic. It didn't matter how hard I tried, the panic hit me like a tsunami. I'm alive. You know I wouldn't go that easily, they said, coughing up more black liquid. I know, I know, I'm sorry. I was so useless during that. I felt horrible. I wish it had been me and not them. It's fine. You froze. It happens. We won. It's okay. But I think I swallowed about a gallon of that stuff, they said, trying to laugh it off. I tried to steady them in my good arm as I reached into my pocket for the antidote pen. Okay, you're going to have to stay still. This next part is going to suck. I flicked the cap off the pin and pulled back their jacket from their shoulder. I don't care if this makes me feel worse. Hurry up and get the stuff out of me. They put their arm down against the ground and tried to sit up a bit more. I moved the antidote pin to my good hand, pressed it into their shoulder, and released the trigger. The pin hissed as the antidote flowed inside of Nate's arm. Nate coughed and threw their head back. Fuck! That shit works quickly! I feel like I got hit by a freight train. I thought he said this was the slow-acting stuff, I said, trying to muster a laugh. Fuck that. Fuck him, Nate said with an eye roll. It was good to know that even though they were injured, they still kept the same demeanor. That was a good sign. Part of me felt I didn't have to worry anymore, though the other part of me knew that not worrying was impossible at this point. We need to get you back to the hospital, I said concerned. You're going to absolutely hate what I'm about to say, Nate said, then paused. I could tell the antidote was affecting them. They were starting to bob back and forth as if they couldn't steady themselves. What's that? I asked. We have to go after that thing. We have to finish the job. What about your wounds? You're in no state to go after it, I shouted. It didn't matter if they were right. Their health was way more important to me. The thing would probably crumble and die on its own. We didn't have to deliver the final blow. The cuts aren't that deep. I don't think it punctured anything important. I think my jacket stopped it from getting too far. Their voice wavered, though, which made me doubt them. Are you sure? I can always come back here and finish it myself, I said back. I knew they wouldn't relent, but I still had to try. Yeah, I'm sure. I want to see this through, too. Nate leaned forward and balanced on their hands again. 
Okay, I get that, but what about your wounds? I moved their jacket to look at their cuts. They were bleeding pretty badly, but I couldn't see that well in the low light of the night. Even with the lights we set around us, it was hard to see how bad things were. I have some stick-on gauze pads in my bag behind the tree and some antibiotic wipes. Fix me up and we will go. They pointed to the tree where we stashed some of our equipment before setting up. But first, they said weakly, then leaned over and threw up on the ground. Their vomit was a, their vomit was a weird mixture of bile and reanima. They wiped their face and looked at me with a weird shaky smile. See, I'm perfectly fine. I ignored their efforts to pass things off as normal and rushed to the tree for their bag, trying not to panic even more. I had to grab a light off one of the grave markers on my way back so I could work. They took off their torn jacket and lifted up their shirt. The bite mark covered the lower half of their rib cage and the sides of their abdomen. I cleaned the wound with water and alcohol wipes and then pressed the gauze pads on. Hopefully they were enough to help the clotting process and stop the bleeding. Nate was right. Things were not as bad as they could be. Their vitals seemed to be intact and the wounds seemed to be relatively shallow despite the bite. That was good enough for now, though I worried what would happen if they moved around too much. Are you good to stay here for a bit? I'll finish the reanimal wolf and I'll be right back, I said when I finished cleaning the wounds. You're kidding me, right? I'm going with you, Nate snapped back. I can tell the side effects have kicked in. You've been wobbling back and forth for a while. I bet you can barely stand, I said back. I was worried. I knew Nate was only putting on a brave face for me. Every time they moved, they winced in pain, and their skin had gone, pale, gone a pale, clammy white. Even though it was drying out, they were covered in the thick goo of the reanima. Their hair was soaked and plastered to the sides of their face. They persisted even though this was something I could handle on my own. I knew complying to their wishes was the least I could do since I froze during the fight. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever happened to no one shoulders the job on their own, Nate taunted. Okay, fine. Use my own words against me, I said back in an annoyed tone, even though I didn't mean it. I stood up and looked over my shoulder in the direction the creature went. You ready? Sure thing, though you were definitely right. The way I'm feeling, I can't stand on my own. I feel like I'm going to throw up my entire being. Nate looked up at me with a weak smile. Their body was beginning to reject the reanima. That came in the form of a stream of black tears falling from their eyes. I didn't mention this to them so they would stay calm. They kept looking worse as time went on. Both the reanima and the kill substance were doing a number on them. Nate held their hand out and I helped them to their feet. They winced in pain the whole way up and looked like they were going to vomit again. Are you sure you're okay to walk? I asked as they threw their arm around my shoulder. I put my hand around their waist to help steady them while we walked. Yes, Danny, Nate responded in an annoyed tone. They weren't going to back down, so I let it happen. I motioned towards the shotgun. Not going to bring that? I don't think I have the strength to carry anything. It's either walk or you can give me a piggyback ride, they teased. No thanks, I teased back. The pistol will be enough. This time I wasn't worried about facing it. I was more worried about delaying the visit to the hospital. Okay, where are we going then? Nate said weakly. I think I know where I went. This way, I said, turning us in the right direction. Before we left, we stopped by Stan's mangled body. I hated leaving him there. We would inform the cleanup crew so they could give him a proper burial. Still, I felt horrible leaving him. 
In the end, he only wanted to do the right thing, but got wrapped up into something he couldn't handle. I wanted to make sure Alistair and Eli gave his family closure. Nate and I knelt down and said sorry for everything. I closed his eyes out of respect. There was nothing else we could do. I felt so guilty that yet another person got hurt in all of this. The odds were stacked against us from the beginning. All I wanted to do was protect others, yet I failed big time in all of this. I couldn't protect Nate. I couldn't protect bystanders, and that was something that ate me up inside. I knew Nate and Alistair would tell me to keep moving on and fight to make sure something like this never happened again. To be able to move on was something that I wanted to do. I would get there eventually, but for now I would spend every day trying to be better than the last. With jobs like this, that was really all I could do. We started walking off in the direction the Reanima wolf headed, using one of the lights to guide our path. We moved slowly we moved together slowly through the woods to keep Nate stabilized. I saw markings of where the bits of crumbling reanima had fallen off of the wolf. Finally, we broke into the clearing near the old abandoned church. Even from a distance, I could see the shape of the wolf on the front steps of the church. I knew it would try to go back to a place it remembered, and the closest place was the church. As we got closer, I could see its massive shape slumped over trying to rest. It was breathing harshly and looked as if it couldn't move much. Our monster was finally dying. I couldn't help but feel bad for it. This thing only wanted to find those it thought abandoned it. Now it would die without ever achieving that goal. It was part lost puppy and part murder machine. The innocence deep within it made me want to leave it to die in peace. Even though I knew Nate was right, we had to make sure the job was finished. Keep going. Bring me to it. Nate said as we made it to the front steps of the church. The wolf was sitting in front of the broken double doors that led back to the rotted interior. Its harsh breathing filled the quiet night air. The wolf's previously bright eyes now shone as a dull, dead orange. It had gone from a jet black color to a fading gray, and its multiple wounds were caving in to leave large craters across its body. I brought Nate up the stairs. When we were at the top, they pushed away from me and walked to the wolf. Nate turned around, slammed their back against the wall next to the wolf, and slid down into a sitting position. They put their hand on the creature's snout and began petting it. I wanted to stop them from continued exposure to the reanima, but I held my tongue. They already had the antidote, and the wolf was crumbling anyways. It would be fine. I need to let them do what they had set their mind on doing. Shh. Shh. It's okay. It's all over. Nate said gently as they stroked the monster's snout. It lifted its face and put as much of it as it could in Nate's lap. I know. I know all you wanted to do was find the people who loved you. You got mixed up through all of the broken memories and the chemical exposure. They never left you, you know that? Nate's gentle compassion showed me that they pitied the creature as well. They'll be waiting for you on the other side, so close your eyes and think of them. It's all over. All you need to do is let go. They looked up at me with an unsure look and held out their hand. Are you sure? I can handle it if you want, I asked. Yeah, I wouldn't want you to have to kill the equivalent of a bad dog, they said with a slight shrug. I reached behind me to grab the pistol and handed it to them handle first. They cocked the gun and placed it against the monster's forehead. It didn't react and continued to breathe in and out harshly. Good night. Nate said. The loud bang from the gun rang out in the quiet summer night. 
and that's the end of my chapter. So you, you old yellered your your creature? Yeah, kinda. <laughs> yeah, basically. I don't know. I, I th- thought Jordan that was have a... a monster thing where he has to old yeller it at the end. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I I thought I thought it was like a nice touch. It was like in the end, like yeah, it was just like a thing that was confused and just violent because you know that's all it knew. And I I don't know. I, I like that little scene of just good night. Bam. <laughs> it's a good end. It's a good it's a good chapter end. Thank you for sure. Yeah yeah no. It's like I, I try I try my hardest to make my chapter ends have like a little bit of just like. So something that like will keep want you to keep reading more and uh, and I thought that yeah, was a nice little yeah. touch of just like good night, big. <laughs> Anyways, it is kind of fun to find those ends. I liked the chapter though. I thought it was I thought it was well done. Like, Thank you. That felt like a more tense action scene than I I don't I don't, don't want to say this wrong. Just say it. Not to say know. that your other action scenes are not tense. That one you did a really good job though. Thank you. I I, I this I put a lot of work in this chapter alone. So, thank um, you. I will say in a humorous way, <laughs> um, I struggle with writing that type of action and therefore frequently just don't. Yeah, you've Instead, told me. I skip it. <laughs> um, Back when we did the first like long form stories, you were like, yeah, no, good job writing action. I'm never going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you'll see what I mean when you get to that part of my story. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I handle it a different way. I like how I handle it, but I handle it a different look, way. Look, I like the way you write, man. But yeah, we, we definitely have two different styles of approaching scenes of like rising action. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yep. I will say this is not the climax of my story. So it is a little bit. Ooh, I'm sore. It is a little <laughs> bit different. Oh, gosh. Work it out. Yeah, it hurts. I, my I'm, body hurts. I've been starting to work like, out too, so yeah. How much can you curl? I want it to be more I want to be able to curl more than you. I don't go for um heaviness, I go for reps. Yeah, so how much so do I you curl? Do, I though? do like hundred and twenty reps, mind you. Good lord! <laughs> Why? Because that's how you build lean muscle, but anyways, repetitive motion, a lot of it. But yeah, I usually curl like fifteen or twenty, like it's very light. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, twenty's light. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Well, 20. I, I was doing 25, and it's not as light as I want to feel like 25 <laughs> would be. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I do 15s, then I'll go up to 20 for a little bit, then I'll go back down to 15, and then I'll go down to like a 10 and just like hammer out a bunch of freaking uh, of reps. But anyways, yeah. Uh, all right, you ready? Yep. So this, is, this chapter is from Leonard's perspective. Like, would this be a book? The chapter would be like Leonard, Leonard chapter, yeah. but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is which from I Leonard's love when books do that, where it like has like a name in front. Of it, like, yeah, I, yeah. I like that because this one flips back and forth yeah. between Liv and Leonard. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I like see like in all bold is like the title, or maybe like sometimes I put like the date and when it's happening. I like that. First, no I'm just gonna start making these journal logs. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I love journal logs and stories, dude. I don't know why. All right, you ready? Yep, yep. I have a moment to reflect on the long years of my life. I've had a good run, all things considered, and why not end it like this? As I look around, I'm amazed by the beauty that I see. A near frozen river cuts through the snow, and trees the trees are all naked. Thorny berry vines have long lost their fruit, but they still spiral around old trunks choking on their own growth. I'm sitting in an old place, waiting for my doom, waiting to sell out a friend. Really, she's far more of a pain... But this still does not feel great. So I sit here sipping coffee and waiting for a demon. 
I hate that I have to be the one that is here doing this, but I'm the de facto leader of the town. It's not like our mayor can do anything. He wins every year and everybody loves the old guy, but there is just that tiny little smidge of a problem that he happens to be a foul-mouthed gnome. (laughs) He's a shrewd businessman in his own right, but really this is not his thing. It's mine and we both know that. My self-centered revelry ends when I smell sulfur and the light grows dim around me. A fine-dressed man with a face shot through with liquid silver walks up to me. He's handsome, and I can see where bullets tore apart what little organic stuff there was left in one of his eyes. You know, I could just kill you, old man. Oh, I do reckon you're right about that, but I figure you're more the type to torture and gloat. And I also brought coffee for you. The demon just stares at me. Ah, shoot, don't be like that. You know I had to shoot you. I can't just let an enforcer come into my domain and run amok, otherwise every Tom, Dick, and Harry would be coming here for darn sport. Sit down and drink the coffee. It's not par- it's not poisoned, I promise. Herb lowered himself onto a snow-covered stump facing me. I expected him to sit all prim and proper, like he had a rod up his, up the back of his fine suit. Instead, when he sat down, he leaned forward, his one good arm under his chin, mechanical and spidery chrome-tipped fingers stroking his pale face. I poured a cup of generic brand coffee from my dented thermos into a cup and handed it over. Well, it's not the finest brew, but it's hot and it's cold out here. Neither are an issue for me, Leonard. Now, tell me why I'm not peeling you like a rather old and mushy-looking banana. I was not enjoying this one bit. This was stupid, but I get that if a deal was going to be made, it had to come from me. I still got this. I patted the little rifle on the log beside me. And I'm not all slow yet. A nice boast. I brought this. As my bargaining chip, he let out a short, piercing whistle that seemed thin and cutting in the muffled snow. Then I heard a gut-melting snarl as a massive winged creature landed in, the, landed in the tree high above my head. It was not really huge, huge. Its body was probably no bigger than that of a cow, but its wingspan cast the entire clearing in shade. Its muscles were visible under sickly greenish skin. Its face was predatory and sharp with deep sunk luminous acid yellow eyes and large ears. The beast's call was layered like a discordant orchestra. It was beautiful. I felt my heart racing and emotions warded me. For a moment, I kind of forgot why I was here. Is that a dragon? I'm not sure that's relevant. It's under my command is what it is. Well, does it breathe fire? No. No, Leonard. It spits acid. We call it a spitter wraith. I assure you it is extremely deadly, which is what you should be concerned about. Right. Right. Where'd you get it? Leonard, I don't think it's specifically a dragon, but I also don't believe that the wraith is why you asked me to come here. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Sorry. I just... I've never seen one before, and... When I see things that big fly, I just find it sublime. It's always been a dream of mine to see a dragon, you see. It was irritating me more than was rational how indifferent this demon herb was to seeing something that weighed hundreds of pounds flying. The spitter... The spitter weight... Wow, I don't know why I named it that. The spitter wraith was surely something of awe. Why am I here, then? 
Yeah, right. I wanted to get to that. I want you to leave town and never come back. Leonard, you don't have a lot to bargain with, so I'm not sure why you think you can make a demand like that. You see, generally, you have to have something I want, which you don't. Or you have to threaten me with something I don't want, which I guess is that little gun. But I feel that my winged death machine up there is probably counter enough, don't you? He is really a beauty. Right, Leonard, you have to you have nothing to bargain with, so I have lived, don't I? That had the effect I wanted. Herb looked or Herb took a sip of his coffee and looked at me long and hard. He seemed hopeful but a bit confused. You do, but my assumption was that you were not going to just give her up. Just give her up? No, you had to make a big show. A show big enough some might think that I had just barely lost. You get the game here. I cannot appear to be weak, but I can also not appear to have actually surrendered. But most of all, I can't have you trash my home for the sake of a rude, reckless, and quick-to-violence demon that thinks she can use my place as a shield. It's not right. Oh, on that we agree. It's totally unfair of Liv to come here, right? You're telling me. Generally, we shelter anyone, but there is a limit, you know? We cannot just ignore good sense. Of course not. No one no one could expect you to do that. You know, Leonard, we demons do get a bad rap, but we do love a deal, and we could also sweeten this deal, if you know what I mean. I don't think this is much of a deal. We just agree that you take Liv and leave us alone. I don't need any of your metal, don't worry. Okay, okay, fine, just an offer. So, how do we proceed from here? Well, Liv will be asleep soon. A few of my friends know the details, and we'll have her bound up for you. You just sneak into town, grab her, and then leave. And I assume you want me to take all the monsters and rage with us when I go. Look, what I'm hoping for here is to make a friend, a partner. There's no reason the city and its devil have to be the enemies of Bolivia. Consider this a sign of good faith. Excellent. Well, Leonard, just tell me where to pick her up and this will all be over. Great. God, I hoped that dog was fast and the others could think on their feet. All we have to do is shake. Herb was all smiles as he hopped up, suddenly full of energy. He reached out his hand as he bounced over. Just an amazing deal, Leonard. All is forgiven with the eye, water under the bridge. You know, like you said, there's a public game to play here, and there's no need that that has to affect a good working relationship. Wait, and now what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> as soon as our hands met, I gripped hard and snapped one cuff around his wrist and the other around mine. Well, I cannot have you rabbiting, can I? Above, I heard the spitter wraith snarl, but that was not part of my job. It's really a cruel thing that your boss took your one good spare arm, friend. I slipped brass knuckles on my left fist, gripped hard, and started socking the demon in the temple before he could figure out what was going on. <laughs> this was the gamble. He could kill me with just his feet up close, but I just had to keep him busy till Liv got here. I hoped she was as fast as she was annoying, as I felt the metal... <laughs> That's a good <laughs> <The> line. <laughs> I felt my metal-wrapped fist ringing against Herb's metallic skull, and I heard Bruce barking, felt fire at my back, but I just kept punching. Then I felt myself lifted off my feet, and everything went black. 
sometime later, I'm not sure when, I came to with Liv standing over with Liv standing over me. She looked like she had been burned or melted, but she was grinning. I shook my head, trying to get my eyes to focus. Eventually, I realized one sleeve of her shirt had melted off, and there were little melt holes all over the rest of her jacket, with little welts on her skin. The arm with the melted sleeve was similarly wounded, all with red boils marring the skin. I felt panic and tried to sit up. Calm down, Leonard. We won for the most part. You're hurt. We've got to get you to... Rachel's already took a look at me. I heal fast and we neutralize the acid with some powder she had. She said something about planning to make pancakes. I don't know. Uh, okay, and where's Nick? Oh, he's over there pretending he's dying. Hey, I'm right on the brink here, love. I'm a hero. You might not- I might not make it, then my soul will be damned to hell forever because some evil demon stole my poor mortal- Liv chucked a snowball at him and he yelped. Ooh, but we did really have to make sure he didn't break a bone. He took a blow from that wraith thing. It tossed him like a toy. I'm pretty sure he would have been dead if there was not so much goddamn snow everywhere. The thing went for Rachel first, and I don't know what she did. Some kind of magic. And it started to, like, froth and freak out. And Nick pushed her out of the way, and it just tossed him. It wasn't magic. It was baking soda. I threw baking soda in its mouth. You never made a baking soda volcano when you're in elementary school? Do you think that hell has elementary schools, Rachel? <laughs> Why not? You have little hell babies, right? Liv, you want to have my hell baby? Jeez, Cody. <laughs> Jeez, man. Even, that, that's even for you, man. <laughs> it's a good pickup line. No, it's not. Don't Okay, audience, don't ever say that to anybody. Look, audience, if you're trying... To flirt with a demon saying, do you want to have my hell babies? I think it's pretty good. <laughs> oh, God. Jeez. Keep going. They can make little demonic Keep volcanoes out of going. baking soda. Bruce did most of the work anyways. And Leonard, I saw him change. What on earth is Bruce? Personally, I think he's a wendigo. It's the only thing that we've never ruled out. <laughs> How can Bruce be a wendigo? Wendigos are cannibalistic monsters and Bruce doesn't eat people or dogs. He just likes bones, but all dogs like bones. I've always maintained he's a werewolf. He doesn't transform into a human, Leonard. He just gets bigger. He pushed over a tree to try to get at that wraith. Yes, you did, my good tree-smashing boy. Who's a good tree-smashing boy? I rolled over on my side to see the large but now normal-looking dog on its back getting tummy rubs. Nick had several braces around his neck and arms. Not a word at me, old man. You look worse. You look worse anyway. Liv helped me to a somewhat upright position and started, and I started to notice that I hurt everywhere. I could tell one eye was swelling shut and my cuffed arm felt overused and weak. Liv looked over with guilt on her face. Sorry, Leonard. We were expecting him to have some kind of backup, but nothing like that flying thing. I just, I got held up. It's okay. Getting roughed up's part of the job. Well, yeah, you started out and it seemed like you were doing great. You didn't really seem like you needed a ton of help. But then Herb kind of rolled you both onto the ground and then it just turned into a mess and I couldn't get a clean shot. And then apparently the damn Wraith was, bu Wraith was bulletproof, but it, it kept kind of worrying me away from you. And finally Nick caught that on fire and Bruce was able to just sort of stomp Herb's head into a crater. Well, that all sounds according to plan then. 
Yep, sure was. And we have this. She held up a luminous purple and green card. It pulsed with light and power. It almost seemed to be alive. A key to hell. That is the end of my chapter. Yeah, so my favorite characters in your story are Liv and Fran Drescher. <laughs> <laughs> I like I really like the voice you do for Rachel, but it's just Fran Drescher. <laughs> it is it is very Fran Drescher. It's just yeah, the, she was it's supposed just to nanny. be it's just she was supposed nanny. to be very Eastern. Also, sounding. thank you for giving me just a little bit more on Bruce. Like I, I appreciate you, like you're not gonna explain. I, I am constantly. I'm never going you're to tell you what tell Bruce is, but I'm gonna Bruce tease is, it. But I do like that you gave me a little bit more to go on because before I like that like, they dog. all are arguing about yeah, it's it. Like, Wendigo, it's like how is the wind? It's like yeah, it's definitely not a Wendigo because that's a um, transformed human after cannibalism. Um, right? Yeah. No. So it's like. Werewolf, but it, yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I appreciate that you gave me that little bit of a bone right there. I also like that I'm never going to describe what he looks like. Yes. It's like it always happens off screen. Yeah, big it's black like... dog that transforms somehow. Also, yeah, and I see what you meant about the action. Like you did an action thing, but you did it completely off uh, screen. Yeah, you get like Leonard is in it and he's just like punching at her herb until like herb throws him to the ground and knocks him out and then it's like you just see the aftermath of what happened after that yeah yeah i i i, I, I like the way you do, i like your chapters your chapters are more um dialogue heavy than mine are like i i focus oh, on yeah, the yeah you focus on dialogue and I, I like that and i think one day we should write a story for the show together to see what that turns out to be <laughs> i mean we kind of technically did but you know I will say I enjoyed writing like the audio drama stuff with you. And I think partially because it does kind of have, it's fun to write dialogue with you back and forth. Yeah, Cause then you have like another person. Yeah. To... And we're both very good at writing dialogue. I like writing people fighting, um, which was a big part of the audio drama. Both our audio dramas <laughs> was people fighting with each other. <laughs> I, I did like the little exchange about like that. It's an acid spitting demon, so she threw baking soda. Yeah, yeah, in its yeah. Mouth. It's like you did a magic spell. Like I had no, baking no, I soda just, because I, I just was had a, pancakes. Had a baking soda. That, 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 was, that was fun. I, I, I enjoyed your chapter. I, I always enjoy your chapters. Well, and I like the idea that Rachel's normal, but like able to keep yes. up because she's just like quick on her feet. Yeah, yeah, like very... oh, baking soda. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's like very funny to imagine like this like demon dragon rave thing just like i like it I, I i like the details that you do put in and i i like but also the little thing about like didn't you make didn't you make volcanoes when yeah. you're in elementary school like i was in hell like yeah, and also the hell baby line god Cody. there's little hell babies right yeah, that line <laughs> oh jeez, Cody. Your, your weird romances that you love writing. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed. Like I said. Did you think Leonard was actually betraying Liv at the no. beginning? Dang it. Uh, so I was kind of hoping it would. I was trying to make it read that way. Really? Okay. See, so at least on my side, you had already set up that they had planned to get into hell some way. And so I'm like, yeah, oh, he's I know. clearly tricking this guy. To, that's, that was part of the plan. Like. There was never a moment in doubt in my mind, especially since they've go, grown very close over this. Like, yeah, I know. I just wanted it. I, I, in my dream, this, I, as I was writing it, I'm like, there's no way that yeah. this would read as anything but a trick. But I'm like, I wanted it to not to. You so, know? Sorry, Kenny, but the way you set it up, there was no way you were going. Yeah, to like, I'd have to go back and like. Yeah, the yeah story there, there was no way you were going to get me on that because he basically said, <laughs> "Okay, we're going to trick this guy into getting us to hell." 
Okay, yeah, so Litter's yeah. clearly tricking this guy to get them into hell. <laughs> no, but otherwise, I, I thought, like, I always like your stories. Like, I, I like the amount of whimsy you put in yours when, like, I'm... So, so as we found out last week on episode 150, where we both displayed what our personalities are by telling short stories that we just came up with on the spot. Well, not on the spot, but had come up with in the previous prior weeks. Like... You are very light and whimsical and like you you like you like the you like having humor, you like having it be more lighthearted. Even like your story of what they're going into hell, but like it's not dark. Your story's not dark in the least bit. Yeah. Like because it ha it has a humor about it. If I was to write the same thing, it would definitely have a way different tone. This whole thing, like and that's why I kind of want to do the thing was like you build the world, make the characters, and then have me write the story and vice versa. I kind of want to do that to see what we come up with in each other's own universes. But yeah, it's just it's one of those things where like I, I like the way you write, and I'm glad that we have a very different style in the way that we write. We have a different tone because sure. if we had yeah. the same tone, this show would not like you wouldn't be able to listen to it. <laughs> it would just be well, dour or always happy. <laughs> is that like? As much as we have frequently done, like, very similar... No. We, we have, yeah. like, very... Like, if you describe them on paper, it's, like, the same story, but it's so different in execution just because we have a different, like, voice that we tell our stories with, which I, I think is cool, yeah, you know? I got Scully and Badmouth Mulder, and you got just, like, a fun little romp in, like, rural Indiana. <laughs> but, yeah... Um, but yeah, not. I was going to say something about the stories last week and I totally lost my train of thought oh, on sorry. it. Well, I just enjoyed writing that short story, I guess. That was it. I just like doing it. I also wrote another <laughs> short story that we'll have to whip out on a different episode or maybe depending on how long your story or my story goes. So now looking at the next chapter, I think I got three more episodes out of me. Um, Unless you want me I to read probably... 11 pages next week, I got three more chapters out of me. Well, definitely go more episodes rather than less episodes. Yeah, yeah um, cause, because the chapter after that can be done in one because it's slightly over um, six pages. But next week definitely has to be two because it is 11 pages. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think probably it definitely I've has got, like an area where I can split it in half. Like it has a stopping point. I've probably got four or five chapters oh, left. Oh, okay. I well, think. yeah. So you only. So, yeah, then I'll get to do my short story at some point. Because basically they're going to hell now, so... Yeah, that's fine. Mine's just, like, wrap up stuff. They go to the hospital. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. Go to the hospital, and then they have a little after, like, aftermath talk. Yeah. Which, yeah. So, but, yeah. Yeah, my story, we got the bulk of the, like, the monster thing done, where um, Nate, Danny fight the monster that they've been chasing and hunting. They, they The climax is done. It's just going to be a lot of talking. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyways, Cody, you got plugs. Check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network podcast. Uh, we are currently doing two games, one called Wanderlust, which uh, is a game that I'm running. It's about taking a walk in the woods. And the other one is called, oh my gosh, Corsairs of Castile. Corsairs of Castile, it's about Renaissance political intrigue Ugh. in a fantasy-ish world. Also, uh, Twitch.tv... You doing Fable right now? Slash, uh, slash wandering, wandering underscore, underscore gamers. Gamer. Yep. 
Yeah, I don't know how to do Twitch. I'm so bad at knowing what Twitch even is or how to do it right. But yes, we're going to start Fable this coming week. I've been playing it myself, but we're starting Fable. Yeah, yeah, because you you wanted to actually play it. I've only played Fable 2 and it was fine. I like Fable 1, but it is an Xbox game, like Xbox One. Yeah, (laughs) buddy, it is very... Well, and then, so I played Fable 2, and I, like, never beat it, but my roommate in college had beaten it multiple times, like, while we were in college. So, like, it's a good game, apparently, so I just, yeah, I just never played it. What it is, is it has a lot of the same, like, movement and combat mechanics as Dark Souls, and I'm like, this is why Dark Souls was so good, Mm -hmm. because it really made those very tight and felt real good and this game just isn't as well crafted i don't think but yeah yeah, whatever you can check me out at twitch.tv forward slash something i guess zero zero um that's where we did the live show at and also every wednesday i do my anime talk show with my buddy will and you can check me out on my other podcast the side characters podcast where we talk about diversity in their culture we are still on a break but we're like slowly coming back and then i do shows here and there all the time um so i'll probably maybe actually use our twitter but we have to get the eight dollar verified check mark because elon musk is a scam um screw that guy do you know i i've actually like i'm not even mad at it i'm not mad at it it's just so dumb the reason i'm not mad at it is because there's a solution to it that's so obvious which i would have understood like when i was told that it was going to cost eight dollars to get verified i was like yeah that makes sense because i thought it was you have to get verified and then pay $8 to get the checkbox. No. Not just pay $8 to get a blue checkbox. And I'm like, $8 is so little money for the joke. Yeah. Like, it is so little money to make a verified account called Elon Musk. It's so funny. They can just post whatever. What? A, what a, it's, uh, it's, we don't have to talk about that. But anyways, um, thank you guys for listening. We will catch you all at the next Demon Feast. Bye. Bye.